0: Wirebank Sucks listeners, this is James Baca, the host of the Wirebank Sucks podcast, inviting you to join us on Patreon. That's P A T R E O N dot com slash Wirebank For as little as $1 a month, you could help support the podcast, which helps us pay the bills, take care of our responsibilities, and allows yours truly, James Baca, the ability to work full time battling big banks with his patented version of vigilante customer service. The Why your Bank Sucks podcast not only discusses what is wrong with big banks, but it also lends a hand to clients in need who are being taken advantage of by bigger banks such as Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, among others. For $1 a month, you can show your support in the battle for better bank service. We also have bonus podcasts and content along with merchandise at the $2, $5, $15, and $35 levels, and you also have the ability to donate what you think we are worth. Paypal is also accepted, but I prefer to show strength in numbers by going to patreon.com slash wirebanksucks to support this podcast. We would love to have you as a patron and love that you're allowing James to work full-time kicking the butts of big banks. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Wirebank Sucks podcast. My name is James Bach, and I'm here to tell you WireBank bank does in fact suck very much. Exciting times at Wirebank Sucks Land. We have 700 followers as of 8 a.m. this morning. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. Um, it shows the level of work and effort we have done on Twitter and what we have done with the podcast. I started throwing things in the wall at the end of last year. What project do I want to do in order to, one, make money, and, two, have a fulfilling day? At the end of the day, I feel like I did something with my life. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to show people the other side of banking. I am going to show people all the things that they think that they know are probably true, and I'm gonna show them what's even worse on the other side of the bank's wall. And Wirebank Sucks has done that, and then some. We started out from just showing people what's wrong to we actually got to a point where we're helping people get fees refunded, overdraft fees, monthly maintenance fees, all these things that banks are charging to the tune of $30,000 in the last couple of months. And I'm really freaking proud about that and um today's topic we're going to talk about was um part of um a rescuing project of money if you will where we did recover thousands of dollars um for a customer and we'll get to that in just a second but seeing the support that you guys have had knowing that you know what you can be against big banks but one make it fun and entertaining which is what i try to do with this podcast Two, make it informative you know yes if you don't like banks because they took bailout money okay i understand so what Those are the things that suck about what happened 10 years ago, but that's not something that you want to live on forever. Move on. There's other – I don't want to say crimes. Crimes is a very strong word. There's other atrocities that are being committed inside the four walls of a major banking institution. And a lot of people are just letting those go in lieu of the easy pickings, the low-hanging fruit, as my manager used to say, bailouts and countrywide and this and that. No, you know what? Sometimes the worst thing that can happen to you is overdrafting before you buy groceries. Sometimes the worst thing that can happen to you is your rent payment bounced because something else came out that wasn't supposed to. Those are the things that matter to people. $40 billion given to a gigantic corporation from a government entity that you'll never interact with is horrible, but it has nothing to do with you. And I really think that my project has made it personal. And I know seeing the comments on Twitter about bad bank customer service, I know it's personal because I know that some people just want their little piece of the pie and you know they'll live their life and they won't bother anyone. And big banks are trying to take that you know that piece of the pie away, and that's so frustrating. So WireBank Sucks is committed to rescuing money that is charged excessively to you. sucks. is there to support you in any way through home loans, auto loans, any of the junk that you have to go through whenever you're trying to acquire these products from banks. And also, it's there to just have a sympathetic ear. Someone who's there to listen and to understand that, yes, I've been through that before as a customer and an employee, and I'm going to make damn sure that it doesn't happen to you again. And I'm going to give you the ammunition. I'm going to give you the strength to fight back against big banks. Why Your Bank Sucks is about empowerment for two types of people. One, people who don't know a lot about banks, and two, people who know a lot about banks but don't know how to lob the grenades, if you will. Why Your Bank Sucks is empowerment for me because it's giving me a voice that I always wanted all the years that I worked at the bank and was so frustrated with every little stupid rule change that affected the customers. And Why Your Bank Sucks is for the customer who doesn't know that they're being screwed and um, should be alerted that they're being screwed and this podcast is doing just that. I think our podcast sponsor, Kasasa, they've been really cool. They've been really supportive, since they are a network of local banks looking to, you know, get a piece of that banking pie as well. I know that they're putting forth a lot of trust in me, and I promise to carry that message across through and through. So, WireBank Bank Sucks right now is, you know, sponsored by them, and I'm looking the course for other sponsors and other means of income. That way, I can keep going full time at this because I know we got something good here, guys. I want that seven hundred to be seven thousand. I want that seven thousand to be seventy thousand. I know we can be big and strong as long as I put the effort into it and as long as you guys trust in me. So believe you me, this in prog- this podcast this project is not going away. We are going to continue to do this until banks learn. And today's topic is going to be something that I really want bigger banks to learn about. And it's something that my personal mission as part of this podcast is to see the elimination of this product. And I'm going to go over it as today's topic, um, Zelle. I don't like Zelle. If you haven't seen Zelle, it's the person-to-person money transferring system where instead of getting someone's account number to keep your account secure, quote-unquote, you can send money to someone's phone or someone's email address, even if they're banking at another bank relatively instantly. And I use the word relatively because um, it's not instantly. Relatively, it's supposed to be instantly, but it's actually, it could be hours, it could be days, it could even be weeks or months. So today's podcast is going to address something where, um, this is going to be my personal mission as part of this podcast, help customers and to get rid of Zell. I'm going to give every effort that I possibly can to alert people of the dangers of Zell, and I promise you I will be successful in um, making sure that banks get rid of this product. I really feel empowered talking about this. So right after this promotional consideration from our great friends at Casasa, you're gonna learn why I don't like Zelle and you're gonna learn from one of our callers why you shouldn't trust Zelle, even if you don't know what Zelle is. So stick around. The Wire Bank Sucks Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Kasasa. So if you go to Kasasa.com, that's K-A-S-A-S-A dot com, you can learn more about Kasasa checking, which is free checking with awesome rewards. You can ask for Kasasa at more than 2,939 local bank and credit union branches nationwide, Earning cash rewards and ATM withdrawal fee refunds is super simple with them. If you're using your debit card, logging into online banking, using direct deposit, and signing up for e-statements, things you already do at your bank, you can actually earn rewards with Kasasa. You get truly personal service from people who care right down the street, Free checking, no exceptions, no monthly maintenance fees ever, ever, ever. Cash rewards every month. You can earn up to 34 times more than the average account with a bank. And an ATM on every corner. Refunds on ATM withdrawal fees nationwide. That sounds like Kasasa checking to me, and that sounds like a great deal. So go to Kasasa.com. That's k-a-s-a-s-a.com to discover a Kasasa account near you. I got to tell you, they're changing the way that you're doing banking, my friends. And I'm a believer now, so go to Kasasa today. All right, and we are back. You know, a lot of the times I try to see if I think something is going to succeed by looking at how genuine the attempt truly is. Now, let me give you an example. I used to open up a lot of um, restaurant accounts uh, for restaurants that were opening up in our area here in southern New Mexico. And I've seen so many come and go. And, you know, I've opened up so many, you know, and they've come and gone, which in a weird, bizarre way was actually successful for me because I always got credit for those opened accounts to kind of help me reach my goals and reach my bonuses so funny enough you know failure just meant that some other restaurant was going to go into that space they'd open the account with us and i would get more revenue for the bank which meant more money in my pocket but i always had these conversations and these are things that i have told you before where i used to get in trouble for just having these just deep conversations with my clients as i was helping them you know especially with restaurants i would always talk to them and say hey you know why did you decide to open up a restaurant? And then the good people, the ones who really, really have this deep down belief in it, will say, Well, my grandfather taught me how to cook, you know, Chinese food when I was ten years old, and I've always had a passion for it. So I went to, you know, Southeast Asia for a year and I went to culinary school and I learned, you know, the finer points of this kind of cooking. And you could just tell, you're like, man, this person is gonna kick ass no matter what they do and where they go, because they just have this story. The ones that didn't succeed would always be kind of weird. I would, you know, ask them, I was like, well, why did you decide to open a restaurant? What, well, why was the time right now? And I'd get this weird look like, um, um, well, you know, it's a great business opportunity. We think we can make a lot of money doing it. And um, I was always told that I was a good cook. So, you know, that, there was that. And I just really wanted to do something other than, you know, whatever their job was. And those ones never panned out because they weren't genuine. They just said, "Hey, restaurant equals money." You know, I've seen Restaurant Impossible and all these shows, the Gordon Ramsay show. I know I can do this. I know that I won't make the same mistakes as those people. But yes, you do. You know, you will make those mistakes because if you don't have the background in that field, chances are you're going to fail. So anytime I would see someone not be genuine, I would see failure. And that goes for anything. Sometimes there's movies that come out in the theaters that just look like they're contrived and put on they're not really there wasn't any effort in writing them it's just like hey let's just have a big action movie with a bunch of explosions yeah that works sometimes but sometimes you need to have a plot you need to have stars you need to have a story so you know being genuine means a lot to me and i'm the realest person that i know not to toot my own horn but i think um the realness that i bring to this podcast is what's making it successful and Whenever I see banks try to be genuine and being, you know, philanthropic or trying to give back to their customers or giving them, quote, rewards and, you know, all these things that bigger banks try to do to get people into the door. You know, there were days where we would, um, for today's topic, we wore purple one day all because, hey, this new product is coming out, so we need to advertise the heck out of it. But let's make it fun. Let's have a potluck. Of course, they don't buy us food. We have to make our own food and take it to the you know the break room but you could wear purple in honor of Zell. Now, today's topic is about Zell and and to me Zell is the most disingenuous attempt at a cool banking product that banks have ever done. And all I can tell you is Zell is dangerous. Zell is frustratingly inefficient. Zell in theory could be a successful idea if banks were genuine about it. And what I mean by that is giving someone an alternative to PayPal or the Cash App or Venmo or any of that. They just said, hey, these people are taking our market share, so let's create our own version of PayPal and let's put it in our app. And then let's join up with all of the banks to do that. What they're really trying to do is cut out the middleman, PayPal, Venmo, and all those people. And you know the fees, the transactions, the cost of doing business between those companies, and also hey, well, if they have you know, PayPal, they may have a PayPal debit card, and we're not getting those swipe fees from our Bank of America debit MasterCard. So we need to find a way to make it easier for people to send money without having to use PayPal and all those other things. So it was all self-interest. It was all, hey, we want to still make money, and we want people to use our debit and credit cards. So we need to find a way to, to transit this money quicker from one person to the next. And then, the, and another part that was disingenuous about it is, and I know that this is for a fact, because anytime we would talk to someone in the lines at the bank, and they say, hey, I need to transfer money to my brother, uh, does he bank with us? Yeah, he does. Um, did you know that you could transfer it on your phone? Just go to transfers and see that Zell. You could send it to his phone number, and he'll get his money instantly. Probably. Not all the time, okay? So we were proactively doing that and i i just knew when we were talking about it again you know giving the talking points all this paperwork that we get it was all just a ploy to get those people who clog up your line who are not going to buy anything else the looky-loos you know this isn't a lending library type of people out of the bank and kicking them out and showing them hey you want to send your brother money just go to your zelle hit your directory there's is that your brother you hit that and say I want to send 20 dollars to him he should get a text right now saying he can um, pick it up you know into his account and he just has to click link sounds great right but there's been so many problems with Zell and about 15% of the issues that I see on Twitter anytime I search for Bank of America wells Fargo or whatever is Zell is Zell screwed up and they're holding my money I sent money to my mom and it's been five days and my mom hasn't gotten it or I set up Zelle right now, but someone sent me money, where is it at? They said it's completed on their side, but I haven't received the money, so I need to dispute that, causing more problems at banks, fraud departments, by the way. And then fraud, just outright fraud, where people are getting their accounts broken into. People who don't have Zelle, then they get Zelle set up for them, however the crooks do it. Then someone says money to an account that's probably also stolen. And whenever the customer finds out and they dispute it, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, all these banks are going, well, you use Zelle and you know, Zelle is only for friends and family. So um, we're not responsible for losses on these third party applications. Yes, I understand it's in our app, but Zelle is actually a third party service and you want to make sure that you know, you're using it correctly. And it sounds like you didn't use it correctly. So unfortunately, we're not gonna be able to refund you for this fraudulent charge. And it's maddening. There's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars that I've seen that have disappeared into thin air and banks are not refunding it simply, simply because they're using that excuse. Hey, you used a third party application. Well, you're freaking advertising it. Wells Fargo advertises it on their online banking too. I had Wells Fargo for years. Bank of America has it on their transfers tab, a big purple splotch that says send money through Zelle. They are are proactively, you, you know, promoting it and they're wanting you to use it. And whenever it doesn't go right, when someone steals money out of your account, they're blaming you. Isn't that what, you know, and this is a rough tangent to go to, but that's what they do to sexual assault victims. They always blame the victim. Banks are blaming the victim for losing money through, um, well, you shouldn't have been using that app. Well, you're the one that brought it out there. You know, It's so frustrating. They're pinning it on these You know, these customers that are victims. Now, um, we're going to have a voicemail from Anthony here. And funny enough, our conversation about a month and a half ago is actually kind of what triggered my desire to fight to end Zelle everywhere at every bank. And I'm not going to stop until that gets done, guys. This is going to probably be part one of many parts about Zell. And there's going to be merchandise. There's going to be stickers. You'll see. There's there's a lot of passion beyond this. But Anthony lost a good chunk of money. Um, he didn't disclose how much it was on the voicemail that I'm going to play. So I'm not going to disclose it either. But it was with a comma. I will say that it was at least $1,000. And all I can say is he didn't even know that something happened And when he found out, he found less than helpful people at Bank of America. And I'm going to let him do the talking here. It's about a two-minute voicemail. So um, here is our follower and listener, Anthony.
1: Hello, James, and hi, everyone listening. My name is Anthony Masseri, and this is my story. Um, I am a Bank of America member. I have been for 12-plus years. Um, I've never had any issues until recently. When there was a very large Zelle transfer, uh, they somehow got into my accounts and transferred my entire savings. Um, It was quite a large sum of money. Um, I don't really want to disclose it here. However, it was pretty much my life savings. Um, I created a claim. They said that they would notify me, and eventually, after about two or three weeks, I had to call back because I never heard anything. They had closed my claim without telling me. Um, They wouldn't reopen it. They said that the information they found said that I had authorized the transfer, which I never did, and nothing that I said to anyone got me to reopen the claim. So I took to social media, and I complained. Um, James was very helpful, and he reached out right away, um, and he he helped me a lot. lot. He found some people in my state to contact. He found me a market manager and the market president. Um, I sent them some emails and I was ignored. Um, Telling James this, he then reached out to some Bank of America employees out of state, (laughs) um, who eventually got me in contact with someone who was able to help. Um, But it was a a very long ordeal. The whole thing lasted about um, a month and a half, maybe close to two months. Um, without this money. And it it put a huge detriment on my life. I had to borrow a lot of money from from family in order to get by. Um, And throughout everything, James was incredibly supportive and very determined to help me get this resolved. Without him, I don't know what would have happened. Um, So thank you, James. Uh, To everyone listening, I really recommend taking his advice and listening to what he has to say.
0: Anthony, thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for the compliment. It means a lot to me. Now, as he mentioned, you know, he never had any issues with Bank of America. And then all of a sudden, one day, money was gone. There was a large transfer, and all of his money was gone. His life savings was gone, okay? So he filed a claim saying, hey, you know, I didn't do this. I don't know what this is. Zell, what is Zell? I don't even know what Zell is. I remember just having that conversation with him about just trying to explain what Zelle was because despite Bank of America's claims that everyone uses online and mobile banking if only 10% of people are using Erica I don't care what their number is I'm sure less than 10% are using Zelle I, I'm, I'm almost positive of it okay so it's a very small sliver of people that are using Zelle and you know, what's funny about it is they're promoting it as this next, you know, next generation breakthrough technology that they have. And it's it's really not. So what Bank of America's MO is, is they'll say, OK, yeah, we'll investigate it. So we'll file a claim. Here's your claim number. It's one, two, three, four, five. And nothing happens. Maybe you'll get a claim form in the mail. Or if you sign up for paperless, you'll get it in some inbox that's on your online banking that hell I've been there 15 years I don't even know where that inbox is at these secured messages that they send and you'll get something we need more information and then you say well I don't have any more information I've given you everything I want do you have a police report did you have this and you do all these things you jump through all these hoops only to be told a couple of weeks later um, we are actually going to deny your claim um, because it looks like you authorized a transfer and there's nothing we can do. In, in going forward, just make sure that whenever you're using Zelle, understand it's a third-party application and we're not responsible for any mistakes or errors that happen. It's like someone putting a gun on the desk and loading it and saying, well, if you shoot yourself, you know we're not responsible. Well, why did I put it on the desk? Like, literally, I'm putting a gun on the desk and if you shoot yourself with it, how is that not partly my fault? If I didn't have a gun in my office, you wouldn't have gotten shot. It's so stupid what Bank of America's Fraud and Claims Department does with Zell. So when I saw him, you know, he was at wit's end. He was just messaging just on Twitter, you know, wildly. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I was, I would do the same thing, too, if it happened to me. You know, it's probably the worst banking experience that Anthony's had in his life. So I told him, I said, I'm going to reach out to people. and I'm going to see if I can find out what happened to your money has some raised from me he's from michigan so i started to email people from michigan that are you know way up there we're starting to get the emails and then i would you know help him kind of craft an email just to have someone call him back let me just say the people from detroit michigan that work for bank of america are the worst people ever with the exception of one person who actually helped anthony at the end when it seemed like all hope was lost Everyone else, and I'm going to name names soon, I don't care, you can sue me for defamation. It's true, I have the emails and I have the lack thereof of replies showing that you didn't put forth effort to help your client. But there were a couple of people from Michigan that were just garbage and they did not help him and he really just felt that his money was gone. So we got to a point where you know I was kind of on hiatus for a little bit because my grandmother had passed and... I, I had the bright idea while i was driving back um from her funeral that hey what if there was a good person that i dealt with in you know another state so i said i told him i said i have a crazy idea let's just try to reach out to this person and kind of bash the michigan people and say hey you know what this person didn't even want to help me i had a problem with Zell. i know it's fraud i need help i want my money please essentially So he reached out to these people in another state and they were actually kind of helpful and they kind of led to a conversation which led to another conversation which got Anthony his money back. So what he said was it lasted two months. It was a huge just detriment to everything that he had going on. Borrowing money, just feeling of hopelessness. I know how he felt because I used to see that in the branch, okay. And all I can tell you is his story is very common. And if it's not $500, I've seen $10,000 being transferred with Zelle and being lost. Hundreds of thousands of dollars just evaporated out there and banks not doing anything to, to fight for you. I've been lucky to recover some of this money. And um, I'm hopeful to recover more in the future. Hell, I'm, I'm hopeful to get rid of Zelle altogether. But I really wanted to put Anthony's voicemail you know, front and center in this topic of conversation because he's a real person who had a real need, and we got his money back. And I'm so thankful for that. The person who helped him with Bank of America, I I thank them too because without being um, a human, I don't think this would have happened. You know, These robots that work for Bank of America don't care if you lost money. They don't care if it's your life savings. There's some people, myself included, when I worked there, I feel bad. I feel like I need to do something more. And this person did more and he got it done. So for that, I'm I'm grateful for. I'm grateful he got his money back. And I know, if anything, that I have a supporter, you know, for the long term and Anthony and his wife. It means a lot to me to get that trust, you know, know, that, you know, I I don't want to get emotional about this. But for people to trust me with their finances, not knowing who the hell I am, giving all that effort that i have sometimes it's kind of a it feels like a fool's errand that we're not going to get anywhere bank of america but i didn't want to give up for him because i've lost you know thousands of dollars i'm a gambler i lose hundreds of dollars a day when i go to vegas so you know i know that feeling of oh man i'm never going to get this money back and just imagine when it's your bank losing your money for you and saying hey it's your fault because you have zell so you know I, i really thank you from the bottom of my heart anthony it means a lot um that you trusted me that I was able to, you know, I didn't get anything done in giving you your money back, but I was able to give you a chance, a puncher's chance as the same box boxing, giving you a conversation that led to um, your money back in your account. And for that, I'm really grateful. I wanted to talk about Zell And I, one of the things I talked about earlier was how genuine, you know, things are or how serious things are. You know how I knew Zell was full of crap? How I knew Zell was just junk when I saw it? When they couldn't even buy www.zell.com. Literally, if you have a product, I have wirebanksucks.com. I searched for it on GoDaddy. It was available. I bought it. When you create a product and you call it, hey, it's called Zell. Hey, does anyone hold the domain name? Looks like they do. Well, what are we gonna do? Well, we'll think of a better, uh, better URL than zell.com. What's better than the name of the freaking product? Okay. So when you look for Zell on Google. You'll learn that zal.com is not the Zell that I'm talking about today's topic. Zell is an international litigation and dispute resolution law firm. That sounds complicated. This firm excels at handling insurance, antitrust, and other complex litigation. Sounds like something that should be tied to the bank, but it's not. So www.zal.com is not Zell that the banks are using. You have to go to www.zellpay.com, which... When you start a when you start a URL with a Z or just a word in general with the letter Z it just looks weird, and then the way Zelle is spelled Z E L L E and then P A Y, it looks like Zelipe. It looks like something that's not an English word. I don't even know what it is. So when I remember I remember going to Zell.com about a year ago, whenever this first started, I was like, what the hell is this? It's not it's not our Zell. It's some law firm somewhere else. That's how I knew it wasn't genuine. You know what? If you really believe in a product, you find a name that stands out. And, yeah, Zell stands out, but obviously someone got it before you. So I already knew that it was full of crap. So whenever you go to zellepay.com, it's a very, you know, kind of like Wixy website. It's very flashy. It's a lot of big pictures, a lot of videos, and, you know, everything like that. It looks snazzy. It looks like something that I would probably look into myself. But whenever you actually get down to the nitty-gritty of it, it says, How to send money with Zelle. It says, Access Zelle by enrolling your email or U.S. mobile number through your mobile banking app or the Zelle app. Pick a person to pay. Enter the preferred email address or U.S. mobile number of the recipient. You can send money to almost anyone, asterisk. You know and trust with a bank account in the U.S. Well, I know a lot of people. I don't trust very many people. I maybe trust my wife. maybe trust my mom. Maybe I don't trust anyone else. So whenever you use the phrase know and trust, it's already kind of putting this extra burden on you, saying, hey, you gotta know them and you gotta trust them. I trusted the Bank of America and they fired me for four dollars and ninety-five cents. You know, I trust when I get on a carnival ride that the person putting it together was not drunk, you know, drunk or on drugs. I, I put my trust into that, but I don't know if that happened. So the word trust is so stupid in that. Okay, so if you know someone and you're trying to get business done, yeah, trust is kind of assumed, especially with money. I, I don't know. Choose the amount. Enter the amount to send. Your recipient gets a notification explaining how to complete the payment simply and quickly. And then it says, make a better day, Wazelle. A fast, safe, and easy way to send money in minutes, asterisk, with friends, family, and others you trust. Now, there's the thing. They always say only send it to friends and family, and now they throw others in there. So if you're sending money to a business associate, and they're not a friend, I don't need a business associate's friend, and they're not family, can I send it? It says here you should send it, but whenever you do a dispute, when a claim happens, they say, well, it wasn't friends or family, so you're declined. Send your niece to gift the money directly into her bank account. That's weird that they picked niece, you know. I don't know why. Uh, No need to mail a check. And then, you know, they put an exclamation point on that. And basically what they're saying is, no need to bother us at the bank and stand in line and make us pay $20 an hour to our teller. Or quickly pay back your roommate for a share of the bills. I've had six roommates in my adult life. I trusted one of them. And the other person that I trusted ended up being my wife. Okay, so, you know, quickly paying back your roommate and you're saying you need to know and trust someone does not go hand in hand with being a roommate. I'm sorry look for zelle in your banking app or click get started so you know you click get started on zelle's um, website here and then it tells you all the banks that do zelle i'm going to spend about a minute and a half here just listing some of the bigger banks there's a bunch of little banks in here too i don't even know if some of them are tied with our friends at kasasa i mean if they are i'm sorry but i just don't like this particular product there's better things um ally bank Arvest bank which is in arkansas bank of america bank of hawaii Bank of the James. I don't know what the hell that is, but I need to get an account there. Uh, BBT, BBVA Compass, we've got BMO Harris, BNY Mellon, and we've got California Bank and Trust, which is a pretty big bank in California. Chase, City National Bank, another huge bank in California. City, and then we got a bunch of smaller banks here, and then we got Farmers Bank, First People's Bank, First Midwest Bank, First Bank. First National Community Bank. First National Citizens Bank. Then we go to the G's, nothing I've ever heard of. Then we go to HSBC and Huntington Bank for the H's. Interest Bank. Key Bank, which is in Washington State and other parts of the country. m and Bank. And then we got National Bank of Arizona, Navy Federal. PNC Bank. Regions Bank. And then we got SunTrust, another big bank. TD Bank. We got The Bank, I've never heard of The Bank, U.S. Bank, U.S.A.A., and of course our friends at Wells Fargo and Washington Federal, and Zions Bank in Utah. There's hundreds of banks that have Zelle now, and hundreds of banks don't realize that they've actually created a huge problem in banking by trying to eliminate people going into the branch um, to do transactions. We'll stick with topic one, why I don't like Zelle. And, and it's all there in the frequently asked questions and who I can send money to with Zelle. And then it says, you can send money to almost anyone, asterisk, you know and trust, there it is again, with a bank account in the U.S. When using Zelle, at least one side of the transaction, sender or receiver, must have access to Zelle through their bank or credit union. And then it gives a list of the banks again. It says, if your bank or credit union offers Zelle, send money to almost anyone you know and trust there's those words again with a bank account in the u.s if your bank or credit union does not offer zelle the person you want to send money to or receive money from must have access to zelle through their bank or credit union so basically if your bank is not part of zelle you can still use zelle from their website and you can send money to them as long as they have zelle and if they have zelle and all of a sudden you don't you, you receive money and then you don't have access to zelle then there's a way of getting that money and it's long and complicated so they talk about that no one trusting, and it says send money to almost anyone. And then when you go to that asterisk, it says, must have a bank account in the U.S. to use Zelle. Transactions typically occur in minutes when the recipient's email address or U.S. mobile number is already enrolled with Zelle. We'll get to that typically in minutes in another podcast. So I'm going to get to the fraud thing, the you know and trust. So here is why I believe that banks are kind of part of the Zelle problem. So whenever... You dispute a transaction and say, hey, I, yeah, maybe I used ZAL to my mom once, but I don't know that area code 801-555-5555. You don't. Well, you used ZAL before, so you already know and agreed to the terms and conditions that you're sending it to known people. So unfortunately, we can't refund uh, your transaction because it seems like you've already used ZAL before, so you're familiar with it. And apparently you're using it to send it to someone else that maybe you bought something and they didn't send you it. Unfortunately, we're not responsible for that. So you got to be really careful who you talk to and send money to. But I got scammed. Someone broke into my account and sent that money. So the problem with Zelle is the one of the main problems with Zelle is whenever you get hacked or whenever someone is using it against your wishes, things happen, okay? So, yeah, if you use it if you use a public computer to, you know, you do your banking, well, that's on you. But if someone literally hacks into your profile, gets your information and does all this crazy stuff with it, it doesn't mean it's you. You may agree to the terms of it, but when where's my protection whenever I get burned? It's not there. And it's not just Bank of America. Wells Fargo and U.S. Bank have seen experiences on Twitter where people have gotten burned because they were pitting it back on them, saying, hey, well, you use Zelle, and Zelle is not our bank transfer system, so unfortunately we have no refunds for that. It's a bank's way of coughing out. It's a bank's way of saying, we're not responsible for what you do with your money. The empowerment that they give you with money you know vis-a-vis online and mobile banking is kind of um a double-edged sword they're basically saying well we're giving you all this access but you got to watch out because sometimes people steal money and you know what we may not be responsible for these things that happen so zell was kind of put there to eliminate lines at the bank and to make things quote unquote easier for customers but what it's done is it spawned this whole subculture of fraud there's a gigantic new york times article about zell and how people were getting defrauded um Using their Zelle, or just using Zelle in general, and even if they weren't Zelle users, and Bank of America was one of the the banks in there that you know was talked about as a haven for fraud when using Zelle, and Bank of America, you know, in, in the article, and I'll link to it, you know, there was this lady who got burned out of several hundred bucks, and then Bank of America just flat out refused to refund her, much like Anthony's saying, "Hey, you were responsible. Use Zelle. We, you know, we want to make sure that you're only sending money to who you know and trust." When she didn't click the button. So she fought and fought and fought and she didn't get her money back. And it wasn't until the New York Times came a calling that she got her money back. How stupid is that? How ridiculous is that? Until the, the media comes a knocking, then Bank of America said, oh, okay, yeah, we were fighting for her all along. And maybe Anthony would have got to that point with his issue. Um, I, I don't know. But if he didn't, he would have just been out of the money. He would just been out that money and he would have been frustrated. And you lose that trust forever at that point. He probably still lost the trust forever of Bank of America after what happened to him. So whenever the banks say we're not responsible for what's going on with your Zelle, that's kind of a ham-handed just way of doing things and saying things because they are pushing it. I pushed it while standing right there by the teller line, people waiting in line. Oh, you need to transfer money to your friend. Does he or she have Zelle? Let me show you how fast to do it. Basically, what I was saying, let me translate it from bank ease to real talk. Hey, I don't want you in my line anymore, so watch. Break out your phone, go to Zelle, see how you can send money to him. You never have to come in again. You never have to come in again because I just showed you how to do it better. And that means one less customer, which means one less teller down the road, which means one less banker down the road, which means... A few years down the road, this bank is going to close because we're getting people out of line for even the most basic of transactions because we don't want them to do it here. We want them to do it digitally. That's what happened to my bank. I lost my job. My branch closed because we were proactively migrating people to ATMs and showing people the benefits of using online and mobile banking, particularly Zelle. But to see the amount of fraud, and I started to see it before I got fired from Bank of America where I had these Saudi customers come in. And people from Saudi Arabia, they get a lot of money, okay? The students that come in, they get these stipends for school, which is basically a middle-class job in America. They get tens of thousands of dollars. They're savvy. They know know exchange rates, and they know, know about international travel just because they've come thousands of miles to go to school here. And they just look at Zelle like, what the hell is this? I remember dealing with these Saudis in my office for three hours. They were in my office for three hours. I lost so many new accounts. I I sound selfish when I say that. I lost so many accounts because we didn't understand that Zelle was doing this at first. So whenever they got scammed, we were on the phone with online banking. They kept on hanging up on us saying, well, they shouldn't have used Zelle. I know these international students like to do a lot of online purchases, and they enrolled in Zelle, so they should have known the risks. But you set it up for them. Bank of America set it up for them. So these Saudi people, and, you know, they get feisty. They're, they're, I, I love my Saudi um, student customers. They were some of the, the coolest people that I ever met. Just so interesting to talk to. They were just so frustrated. Like, what the hell is this? Like, I can't believe that the United States' the supposed world power can't even get a basic bank transaction right. You know, in Europe and Asia, they send money in a Zelle-like fashion instantly all the time. They got it down, Pat. Why is the U.S. so stupid? Because banks don't like to talk to each other, and banks are really focused on thinning out the lines and the branches and just finding ways to not spend money on certain things. So when they create something like Zelle, they don't put the infrastructure and support behind it. They don't test it out for a couple of years and say, hey, let's see if this works, and if it, if it does, then we'll take it live you know, nationwide, but if not, then we'll scrap it. Now they just throw it out there and they see what happens and all of a sudden there's so much fraud. There's so many people who have exposed the flaws of the fraud with Zelle. I've seen so many people literally lose money because what happens is they never set up online banking. Someone finds out their bank info, sets up online banking for them, enrolls in Zelle using the crook's phone number. Then they send it to another crooked phone number, which is another crook's account. And all of a sudden that money is sent and it made it look like the customer did it all along. And I've had older people go into the bank while I was still there just saying, I don't even know what online banking is, much less Zelle, and the bank would decline them. The bank would say, nope, it's nothing we can do. You use Zelle, and Zelle's not our responsibility. And it was so frustrating. So frustrating. I couldn't believe just how maddening it was to see the bank just kind of pass it off as, oh, well, it's not our fault. But you're the ones that are offering it. You had the purple signs all over the bank. You made us wear purple. You made us have these stupid name tags that said, Ask me about Zelle. Well, I don't want to tell you about Zelle because it's horrible, okay? It just leads me to believe that banks knew the risks of Zelle and they pushed it out anyway because they just wanted to find a collective way to thin out the herd, thin out the, the lines at the bank to get people to use online and mobile. That way they can claim victory and say hey look at everyone using mobile they're transferring using zelle and they're depositing their checks on the app and that's exactly why they did it and there was no no security and maybe there wasn't supposed to be security maybe it was a way of saying you know because i don't think the banks are saying hey well we're gonna find a way to screw people out of money yes i don't think they did that i just didn't think they thought it through so anytime you have something where people are losing thousands of dollars you don't just blame the customer unless you just really don't want to deal with that customer anymore and say, well, you know, for Anthony, we're going to refund him all of his life savings, but nah, he's probably not going to earn that much more in his life anyway. So if we have to take a loss in giving him his money back, is he ever going to bring us that much more in value the rest of his life? And, you know, I'm not picking on Anthony, but I'm saying the average person, no, the average working class, middle class person is not going to bring millions of dollars into the bank. So if the answer is no for him and they decline the claim, it's not because they think that he did it. They just think that, hey, you know what? We can lose him because if we if we don't lose him and we give him his money back, will we ever recoup the the policy loss is what they call it? Now the answer is no, they'll never recoup it. But that's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to tell Anthony and the Anthonys of this world, hey, you know what? We're going to make this right for you because you used our bank and we're supposed to provide security and we failed in that security and we apparently did not live up to our standards with that so we're going to give you your money back That's what they eventually did after we had to email so many freaking people but i really think that banks weren't prepared for how zell was going to be exploited okay so i'll use a stupid analogy and then i'm going to wrap it up really quick here because we could talk about zell till the cows come home this will be part one of a many part podcast conversation about Zelle and how my mission is to eliminate Zelle in all forms I'm going to show Bank of America Wells Fargo and all these banks that it sucks really bad so much so that banks are going to start to pull out and my ultimate goal if there's anything positive that I do with this project is to get rid of Zelle and to have people stop being hurt by banks and their lack of sympathy when it comes to getting frauded using Zelle there's a lot of crooks out there And there's always a lot of ways to exploit things. And that's what my analogy was. Okay, so anytime, you know, when PayPal got started, there was a lot of fraud going on in the early parts of that. I was 15 years old. I wasn't even supposed to have a PayPal account because I wasn't 18 yet, yet I still had one. I saw a lot of fraud going on on eBay whenever I was selling my baseball cards on eBay 20 years ago. And that's just life. That's just the way things go. And you know what? You, You deal with it. You kind of weed out the problems. And then you find a better way of doing it the next time. And... It's another stupid analogy. It's like the the pornographic industry. Okay, so, you know what's funny is anytime there was a new technological advance, whether it was the VCR, the DVD, you know, whether it's virtual reality, augmented reality, and all this stuff, and, and I and I just know this because I'm just very familiar with the genre. Don't ask me how. Um, there's always a person that says, "Hey, well, what about adult videos or what about adult movies using this new platform?" And that's how, that's how porn gets introduced. Porn basically survived, uh, you know, because... Well, the VCR basically survived, excuse me, because of adult movies. The only reason people bought VCRs in the 70s was because they bought adult movies. And DVD players, so on and so forth, things survived because adult movies were there. So my thing, what I'm getting at is, I know it's kind of a, a weird way of kind of putting it, is fraud survives... Because there's always some new technology that banks are trying to do. And people, whether it's hackers, whether it's just people just looking for ways to game the system, are always going to find a way to exploit it. They're always going to find a way to say, hey, this PayPal, I wonder if there's a way we could scam people. Zelle, is there a way to scam people? Whatever's going to replace Zelle down the road, is there a way we can rip off people doing that? The answer is yes, yes, and yes. Okay, so, you know, there's always going to be someone who has the foresight of saying, hey, well, we can use this for this. We can use the VCR for adult movies, and we could use Zelle to rip off bank customers. And the whole part of the banking side of it is banks have to understand that anytime they introduce something, there's going to be someone to F with it. I'm not going to use the F word on this podcast. I promise that I wouldn't swear that hardcore, but someone's always going to find a way to F with the system. That's just the way that it is, okay? Someone's going to find a way to make it to their liking, find a way to get a a bigger piece of the pie than they deserve, and they're going to find a way to screw around with you. And Banks didn't realize that, and there's a lot of people who are severely hurt because of Zelle. So my mission is to rid Zelle altogether. I will have another podcast about the other things, about the whole sending money to people and not getting there within minutes as they claim as another reason why it's horrible, okay? But the main one, the, the fact that people are getting defrauded by Zelle, the fact that someone doesn't even realize that their online banking got broken into, that a program, a product was set up, and transfers were taken out of their account to some phone number or email just that they don't know, then they call the bank, and the bank has the guts to say, it was you, and we're not going to refund you because only people who use zal only do it to their friends and family so it sounds like you have buyers or more so you shouldn't have sent money or whatever so we're not going to refund you for that the fact that customer service associates have to decline customers who have been literally victims of a crime and banks don't do anything about it until we scream bloody murder until we work hard to get anthony's money back and to get the money of so many customers back guys that is why your bank freaking sucks my name is James Baca, and I'm going to wrap it up right after this brief promotional consideration. And we got to because, boy, I'm upset about the Zell topic. <laughs> so stick around, please. All right, and we are back. Thank you so much for listening. Go to patreon.com slash wirebanksucks to become a patron of Wirebank Sucks. For as little as $1 a month, you could help us keep the lights on. You could help support this project. You could help me pay the bills. That way I can continue full-time to kick the butt of big banks, help a lot of customers that I meet on social media along the way, and rescue cash. I have rescued over $30,000 in the last couple of months in just fees and things that banks have done to customers that is just... Totally unethical and horrible, and we have gotten that money back from banks and given it to our customers, our voicemail callers, and the people that I help on Twitter, at Bank Screwed Us. So for as little as $1, you can donate to our Patreon, become a patron, and help support this podcast. We also have two, five, 15 and $35 tiers There's some merchandise and additional gifts that are tied to those things. Please go to patreon.com slash wirebanksucks and learn a little bit more about it because we really need your help in um, keeping this project going. And every little bit helps. A dollar that you donate is one dollar more to say, hey, I support what James Baca is doing. I support what he is doing and fighting for my rights as a bank customer. And this is the least I can do. So I, I don't ask for much. So even if you can contribute $1 a month, that's going to help us you know, keep this thing going. Um, my many thanks to our sponsor at Kasasa um, on Twitter, K-A-S-A-S-A dot com. They offer free checking with rewards, cash back, high interest, and even music awards with um, iTunes and Amazon. I know it's not called iTunes anymore, but Apple, you get the same thing. Um, they're great people, and I really thank them for their support. Uh, go to at Us for our running commentary, our vigilante customer service um, on Twitter. At James B. Is Right is my personal Twitter handle. It's mo- m- mainly um, gym pictures and Vegas stories and sports takes on there, but that's me if you want to follow me. Um, www.wirebanksucks.com I also got two books coming out Bank of America Nearly Made Me Homeless and Beer Money coming to Amazon very soon but I can't stress enough patreon.com slash wirebanksucks there's also a patreon tier where you can get the ebook version of my books for free and then the $35 tier which will get three autographed copies of all of my books free of charge the three banking books that I've created you will get autographed copies free of charge if you contribute $35 a month. Um, It's important for me to say thank you again for um, all of your support. It means a lot. It tells me that we got a good thing going on here. Um, With a little bit more support, we can get this going full steam and we can rescue more money. We can um, flip the script on a lot of customers and their experiences with banks just with a little effort, guys. So thank you so much again for your help in that. It means a lot to me from the bottom of my heart to tell you that We're doing good things, and I promise you that it's going to continue. My name is James Bach, and I just told you why your bank sucks. We'll talk to you again soon next week. Thank you so much. We'll see you around.